The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Hey, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. It's a beautiful day in the valley. It always is. That's, of course, why I had to move here and, and leave the East Coast. Uh, it's a little bit too cold for me on the East Coast right now. But uh, I'm, I'm happy today. Uh, I'm happy to be joined by, by a friend. Anytime we can be joined by a friend of, of that special fraternity that I, I belong to, and that is... Uh, the National Football League w- with the players and the coaches, it, it's always something special because we, we can bring a different perspective, the kind of perspective we want to share with all of you out there who listen. So uh, I appreciate the fact that I have a friend and, and I'm going to introduce him uh, here soon. But I, I, I also want to say to all you out there, uh, you know, this, of course, is uh, the start of Black History Month. And there's uh, a lot of things going on in life that went through that I went through in my life and many of us went through in our lives. But together. Um, all the world can celebrate uh, as we look back on history and we can be happy that some of it was good and some of it was bad, but it's history and we moving forward in a positive way. So right now, uh, some history for me, because this, uh, this is history, because it's the first time that I've had uh, a coach in the studio with me, in the studio. Uh, you know, I've had, of course, uh, uh, my good dear friend who's a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers and a friend to the show, of course, that's Fish. And we want to shout out to Kelvin Fisher and, again, congratulate those Pittsburgh Steelers uh, for participating in another Super Bowl. But I got with me Coach Carl Hargrave. And, Coach, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure um, to have you here in the studio. And I, I couldn't do you any justice in terms of the introduction and all your background. Uh, but I will say this. On my Facebook, one of my favorite pictures I have up uh, in, in my, I guess, my portfolio is what they call it. I don't know what they call it. But I, I got Randall Cunningham. I got Randy Moss, and uh, I believe I want to say I got Robert Smith, who's on there as well. But of course, that was that that was a dynamic duel, or no, a triple threat, because uh, Randall was the ultimate weapon anyway. But but you, of course, were a part of that and been a part of what's going on out here in the Arizona Cardinals, and, and just uh, uh, you know a great career in coaching. And, of course, playing college ball yourself. But, but Coach, welcome to the show, man. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you so much, Ray. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, I'll tell you what, it is Black History Month. And it's obviously we want to always pay tribute to those who were in the past that brought us to where we are today. And I, I want to give honor to, to Dr. King, who had such a vision to, knew that, to know that the world was not right here in America the way it was, where, where blacks and whites were separated. You know, Dr. King, and, and, and to 
be a part of, of his vision to come to reality. I got a chance. You know, there was two coaches I remember, Bear Bryan, Woody Hayes, who said, hey, this game has to change. They started recruiting black players. We're now in the media. You know, I got to look at the Brian Gumbel. I got to look at Jane Kennedy, Gil Tyree, on the field, Tony Dungy, Lovey Smith. You know, back at, uh, at Alabama, Sam Bam uh, Cunningham came to USC yeah. from USC and, and beat up on Alabama. But I got to think. Marion Motley. I'm from Canton, Ohio. Oh, Marion Motley. Marion Motley. So those, those people who made, you know, the game better uh, today than what it was back then. But as we talk about the game, Coach, of course, you know, I, I mentioned some of the, a, a couple of little things that you did in, in your career uh, in the NFL. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? I mean, it's, it's hard for somebody to, to get a job in the National Football League. And you had, you know, quite a few years in the National Football League. Well, I was blessed, you know, uh, and started out uh, in 94 uh, with Dennis Green up the Minnesota Vikings. Denny and Green. Denny, Denny yes, and I go back a long way back in the college days. And, you know, I worked with him in Northwestern on his first college job. And that kind of got us going a little bit. And, uh, you know, he's a great mentor and he's a great football coach. And, you know, we had a lot of great years up there at Minnesota. You know, and uh, as you look back, you know, I always think about that uh, 1998 season. We were 15 and one, and just had a tremendous football team, and it was all put together. And we just, uh, I guess you call it the greatest team that never made it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, uh, they always talk about the the greatest show on turf. But I, I'm oh. telling you this, I, I would have liked to see. To me, you know, and I think it was one year the NFL actually did this. I don't. They were able to manipulate technology in such a way that they could take a current team. And somehow match it up with a team from a couple of generations before, and you could watch a game on TV like they were actually playing each other. Sure. I would have liked to see that game of the greatest show on turf play against that Randall Cunningham team. Well, I tell you what, we uh, that uh, that greatest show on turf that was a, they had it going on pretty good, and we still, you know, you go back in the '98. Uh, that greatest show on earth turf was what ninety nine. That mm. was a year later. That's uh, right. Two years later at the most. But uh, you know we had uh, at, at Minnesota scored uh, five hundred sixty five points. Now, now am I correct? Did uh, was that eclipsed by somebody here recently? Yeah, recently it it held for ten years, and then it was the the uh, Patriots who who broke that record ten years later. Now, so. when you when you when you look back on that, coach, you you sit in the seat now with me across from me and I think we have something similar in, in the fact that I have the drive to remember and and how do you guys remember that game that prevented you from going to the Super Bowl oh. how, 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 when you look back about do you have a name for that game <laughs> pain, pain. <laughs> it was painful for me too oh, it was, was painful for me was because it, it, I mean I believe that everybody I'm going to tell you another game that was painful similar to that is when Warren Moon you know when yeah. they were up there playing uh, the Buffalo Bills right. and I think they had to be ahead by maybe 20 or 30 some points you know yeah and 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 again a great comeback so does that really say something to how valuable it is and how important it is to have a real good defense i mean is that is that really a, is that a statement right there because you were so far ahead that if the defense could have gone out there and played you know the best defense that they've ever played in the second half you'd have that super bowl ring like me but we got wedding bands on <laughs> 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 you know? 
<laughs> well, I tell you what, it was. Uh, we had an excellent defense that year. We had a, a, a tremendous offense, and uh, the defense at, at you know, always on the offensive side of the ball. I always said we need to score more points. Mm. You know, we score more points. We keep put the defense out of harm's way, keep them off the field, and keep the offense going down the field. But you know, in that stretch at the end of the game, uh, defense had an opportunity to make some plays and and just came up short. And then uh, you know, that was that year we had uh, uh, Gary Anderson mm-hmm. uh, as a kicker. Didn't miss not one Did kick not all miss. year. No, and no. then uh, came in and and uh, and just. Uh, just uh, just hit it wrong and hit it bad, and that's just one of those things that happened. I that was the saddest day in Minnesota history, yes. and uh, uh, but uh, you know you, you you move on. Well, yeah. you know you, you said that was the saddest day, but you know Minnesota has been a franchise that I don't know if you people call it snake bitten or whatever it is, but of course. You know, you look at these different teams that they call dynasties and things of that nature. But I guess if you're going to be a dynasty, you have to win the yeah. Super Bowl multiple yeah. times. But, of course, you know the Minnesota Vikings. And, and, and by the way, Chuck Foreman has a show with us here on the network. Oh, tremendous. And Chuck's so, and so Chuck was on a couple, a couple hours before me. No. And, and, of course, you know, Chuck's teams up there in Minnesota, they couldn't get it done as well. I yeah. mean, they came just as close. So those people in Minnesota, and you know right now there's a threat that the Minnesota Vikings might leave. And go someplace else and move. Now, it could be something like the Cleveland Browns, that they would leave like the Browns went to Baltimore and won a Super Bowl. (laughs) Now, I know those people up there in Minnesota, if that team leaves and goes someplace and finally wins a Super Bowl, I mean, they they won't be able to handle that one. Well, you know, you think about that. Look at, uh, remember, you think about the hockey team up there that left Minnesota, went down to Dallas. Oh, did they won, win? Oh. They <laughs> See, well, you know, now we got we we we're gonna be nice now, but you know that's the same thing about the team here. Now the Bidwells, I understand the Bidwells have been from city to city yeah. to city, <laughs> and then they finally got to the Super Bowl when they got out here in Arizona. Of course, uh, they didn't win, but you know, I, you you mentioned Denny Green. There's one thing I want to say. You know, d- you know, Denny, of course, is is known for something that he should be known for something other than that. Right. But he's known for for that comment. Of course, you know they are who we thought they were. But right. but but for me, you know, I think people outside the game don't realize what Denny was trying to say. Is Denny was saying to them, you know, we know who the hell they were. Right. They showed up and they didn't show up any different than what we watched every day in film that's and right. the team that we prepare for in practice. Right. Now, if you want to crown them, you can crown them. But that's because you've been on the outside trying to look in and you didn't know what the hell you were looking at. But I wasn't surprised by anything that I saw and I expected my football team to win. Is that basically oh, exactly what? what he's saying? And, and at that point, you know, when you think about it, we uh, we played them in the preseason in Chicago and put one on them pretty good mm. in the preseason. Mm-hmm. And they were talking that trash at that time. Wow. And then we come down here on Monday night. And we, you know, we were having it our way early mm-hmm. and up and down the field on them. And then uh, there were three plays in that game, only three, and obviously three bad plays. Yes. Three plays that turned that game around and put them in position to win it, you know, at the end. So, But, you know, Coach, one thing that I've, I, you know, there are guys out here in, in these games that, that play and, and they're people that you can count on. Mm-hmm. And, and they make big plays. And, sure. bi- and big plays do win ball games. Sure. And and I, I think what you have to do, and, and of course you being a coach, I, you know, I would like your perspective on this, is of course you want to keep the big plays to a minimum when they're happening against you. <laughs> and, 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 and I think a lot of times what happens is people just forget about football. Football, you want to try to control the clock, but it's, it's really a big play. And I always say this. I don't think there's any play on the offensive side of the ball that's designed just to gain a yard or two. If everybody makes their block, 
I don't care what it is. It could be just a handoff to the fullback up the middle. But if everybody makes their block, if the man got the speed to run to the house, he could take it to the house. That's right. And so it, it can happen. Any play could be a big play yeah. in, in football. Am I correct? Yeah, exactly right. There's, uh, you know, very few plays. Uh, you know, uh, a first, uh, if you get the down, if you win the down, you probably, that's a big play. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's third and one or third and inches and you get, you break off and you get one yard, that's a big play. Mm. That's a productive play. So you're looking for productivity. And then uh, you always like to have explosive plays down the field. So, and that was one of the great things that I really enjoyed about the, the, the team that we had in 98. You know, Randy Moss and Chris Carter on the outside, those are big play capabilities. And then we had Robert Smith, who could break off a long one, 60 or 70 yarder at any point in time. And so, uh, and then uh, you'll remember Leroy Horde, oh, yes. who was oh, our yeah. big play guy right. from in a short yardage situation. So, as long as you're productive in, in uh, generating those big plays, and they're all big plays, they're always, you know, big time players are making big time plays all That's the right. time. So. That's right. Well, I, I certainly could appreciate that because, you know, it's. It's a game of excitement, and now being a fan, you, you like to see those big plays, and and that's what's making it, that makes this game so interesting. Is you know a big play, although you know, in in my mind, sometimes it might be a sixty yarder. Again, if the ball's on the two yard line, and it's you know all you need is two yards to score and get a touchdown. That's a that's, that's a, a huge play. play. <laughs> well, I tell you what, pretty soon here we're going to be getting a call here. We should be getting a call from uh, Lemon Williams. Uh, Lemon, of course, is. Um, you know, with us outside the huddle, and Lemon has actually uh, uh, been on Radio Row all day today, and he's going to give us some insight as to what's going on in Radio Row down the course, and that is the Super Bowl. So uh, we're going to take a break because I think I hear some music in my ear, and uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back on the other side. We're going to talk about the big game, the Super Bowl, but we're also going to talk about the Pro Bowl. I mean, shit, the Pro Bowl, man, well, that's almost like practice. Alan Iverson, practice. I want to thank, again, I want to thank my friend Carl Hargrave for joining me here in the studio. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. 
You already get the general sports headlines and discussion on TV and radio. Tune in to The Blueprint with Randall Gatewood. Yeah, we'll cover all the general big name stuff too, but we go beyond the typical sports radio show to bring you the details you don't get anywhere else. We'll talk about the inspirational stories and the little known successes. If you want creativity, The Blueprint is the place to be. Tune in every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Got my friend with me, Coach Carl Hargrave. Of course, uh, uh, you know, I'm from old school, Woody Hayes, you know, so so I'm <laughs> respectful. So, Coach, we're we going to call you Coach today. Uh, coach, I, I got a question now. I'm I'm looking at the Pro Bowl, and this this is the first time in my life that I've looked at the Pro Bowl, and, and I've thought, okay, this this is a joke. I've never thought that before because, again, you know, the Pro Bowl was one of those things that, you, you know, we all think what we want to think. But I didn't make it. Let me just right. say that. I, and I'm, I'm going to say, okay, I wasn't good enough to make yeah. it, okay? I, I don't believe that, but I'm going to say that. <laughs> but <laughs> that was what we strive for in my generation. Mm-hmm. Now, how is it that a generation of athletes today becomes so concerned? We, the same injuries they're concerned about, we were concerned about. Mm-hmm. Um, the same football game that's being played you know, then it's being played now. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I think, I actually, I think, you know, that the game of the 80s was a little, you know, violent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but these young men today, I mean, why would, why have a football game if you're not going to play National Football League football? Why, why have a game? Well, you know, first of all, I think uh, the players, they're great players over there, as you know. Uh, they're up and down the field all the time. What the Pro Bowl, I think, has become, and as a matter of fact, I coached in the thing twice, so uh, begrudgingly, but it was a tremendous time anyway. Mm-hmm. But but uh, uh, the players are so, uh, it's money-driven, and the Pro Bowl now has become more of a just a fan fest. They could actually hold a Pro Bowl down the street. <laughs> you know, It's a fan fest thing, and it's wonderful for the fans. I think the players... Uh, obviously, they didn't play any defense on no. either side of the ball. I mean, right. on either team. But when you say it's a fan fest, Coach, was that a fan fest meaning that the fans get this, a chance to interact with the greatest players? Because a fan, we love football, and that right. wasn't a good football game. No, it wasn't a good football game. It didn't say uh, these are the greatest players of all time. These, you know, it didn't. It didn't have that. To it. No, it and, and what it had is just handshaking, back slapping. We're doing this. We're sitting on the sideline. Well, you know, to go back a few years uh, to when Barry Switzer was over there, mm-hmm. he's eating hot dogs. Oh yeah, and, that's and right. On the sideline, and so that the integrity uh, of the game. Them, you know. that, that's the, I mean, I, I just don't understand it. And it, it happens with all All Star games. I'm thinking that what you just need to do now is just identify the players and give them their bonus check. I mean, really. I mean, the, well, then you take away from the fans, though the the, the trip going to Hawaii, enjoying. Well, I just think that's the, the, the players' reward. The pageantry, yeah, yeah, yeah but I for think, the fans too. It's that's something for the fans. Are there it's, a lot of fans? There are a lot of fans that are going over, over to yes, Hawaii. Yes, okay. indeed. They're, and again, I want to tell everybody here, you know, Voice America Sports, you you get to hear from somebody who's experienced. This is a man who coached in two Pro Bowls, <laughs> so you got a different perspective than again, you know, somebody like me who didn't make it. So you know, it's one of those things. If you don't make it to the Pro Bowl, you don't go You're over. Not going it's over. 
little different than Super Bowls. Even Super Bowls, some guys, if you don't play, you don't go. That's right. But uh, but that's amazing, and that's why I want to get somebody's perspective who's been there. Yeah. So so you think it's something they need to hold on to it and let people continue to enjoy it because otherwise, you know, in between the – and somebody made an excellent point today earlier, I think it was Lionel Dalton, uh, that – you know, there's no football there between. That's why it's better to have it a week before the Super Bowl right. to fill that void. Because after the Super Bowl, I mean, if you play that kind of football game after the Super Bowl, that's going to be a tremendous letdown then. Well, the toughest part about playing before the Super Bowl is that the guys playing in the Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl players, yes. don't have a chance to show their stuff outside of the and in a relaxed setting oh, i see so okay, you're talking about of course setting. you're talking about obviously those guys who play in the super bowl right. who were pro bowl players but they and i thought that was i think that's cheating them too because that's yeah. a vacation for their family exactly. that they don't get so that by half so, I, so there's some pros and cons to that but yeah. but listen there's a lot of pros and cons of what went on today and i believe somebody was there today at media day to share in some of those those comments and those words and, and the pros and cons and that's 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 Lemont Williams from uh, outside the huddle. I think Lemont's on the line with us. Lemont, you there? Hey guys, what's going on? Great man. I'm here with our uh, coach Carl Hardgrave. You know who was a part of the staff up in Minnesota as well as here at the Arizona Cardinals and and now is going to be joining us here on the Voice America Sports Network. Lemont, tell us a little bit about what went on today at uh, Media Day. Well, you know, Media Day always starts on Tuesday here and. Uh, like every other Super Bowl, uh, media day kicked off with the Pittsburgh. I mean, excuse me, with the Green Bay Packers starting it off. And uh, yesterday, where we talked a little bit off air, uh, we communicated via text, and then, and I focused a little bit more on the offense. But today, I focused more on the defense. Uh, being a Howard grad, I kind of want to have an angle and talk to Nick Collins, uh, outstanding safety for the Green Bay Packers, uh, Bethune Cookman graduate. So I, I talked to him, but nothing really too outlandish. Outlandish, uh, just normal. Uh, everything, you know, going as far as uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, he did address the situation as far as the team photo. I don't know if you guys heard about that situation, but he addressed that as well as other things. And uh, just, just even kill uh, Mike Thomas. I love his energy. love his what he brings to the team as a coach. I was able to talk to him. He's from actually from my area, the Tidewater area in Virginia. So all in all, it was a great, great media day. Well, wonderful. I'll I tell you what, uh, Lebron, uh this is Carl Hargrave, so I just wanted to say hello to you, and it's a pleasure Thank talking you. with you and uh, and hearing from you down there in uh, in Dallas. Uh, how's the weather? <laughs> <laughs> how's, how's the, well, first of all, it's, you know, it's called the, they, they, they corrected me earlier, so it's the Metroplex. You the, know, they don't want to. The Metroplex. Yeah, okay. I was calling it Dallas Super Bowl, but for so long, it's, it's, it's the Metroplex. you got to include Fort Worth. Fort Worth. Uh, yeah, all that's in Texas, but. Weather, you know, it's reminding me of the East Coast. Being born in Virginia and went to school in D.C. Yeah. Woke up this morning, you know, snow and ice. Icy roads and snow and a lot of accidents. I'm actually watching one. I'm on the way back to the media center as we speak. So a bunch of dead cars on the side of the road and yeah. cold weather. And, uh, uh, you know, the NFL, I was telling one of the NFL executives today, y'all better prepare for this type of weather for the next two seasons, depending on what they do with the TVA because – they got Indianapolis next week, and they're going up to New York the following year. So uh, expect snow. I'm going to expect snow for the next two seasons. Well, at least they get a little dry run for the next day or so anyway. so. <laughs> but uh, so you talked to the guys at, at Green Bay. So you basically hit Green Bay. How was Mike McCarthy? What was he uh, – what was it kind of – did you get a feel of talking with Mike at all? You know what, Mike was kind of even, you know, even kill, you know, for a guy that, you know, First time in the Super Bowl, sure. taking over a historical uh, organization in the Green Bay Packers. He really wasn't, didn't seem rattled, you know, right. relaxed. 
I was the guy from Green Bay seemed relaxed. I was anticipating him coming out in a little shell shot, coming from a smaller market, uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin. You know, sure. he's, I mean, coming here to Dallas with a Metroplex, Super Bowl, you have over 5,000 credential uh, outlets here. I thought a lot of players were going to be a little shell shot, but for all in all, it was pretty good. Mike McCarthy, he didn't yeah. shy away from any, any questions, and, he, you know, he just – He's just saying they were taking one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Sure. Hey, Lamont, uh, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you, you know, you talked about the weather. Of course, that's the weather on the outside. Uh, but the weather on the inside, you obviously uh, w- was inside there of, of, of the stadium. And uh, it, it's a beautiful stadium. And, and, and Aaron Rodgers has played some of his best football uh, in some indoor facilities. Uh, you think Aaron's looking forward to playing the game in an indoor facility? I think so. Uh, that's one of the questions one of the guys asked asking about being indoors with the weather. Uh, you know, he's accustomed to being outside in, type, in this type of weather mm-hmm. as far as cold and wet, but uh, he really appreciates being inside because he talked about the success he had down in Atlanta against the Falcons and how their team, especially offensively, they were able to get up to a, a fast start uh, from an offensive standpoint. So he, he's looking forward to playing in Jerry's world. And speaking of Jerry's world, <laughs> Ray, I've only been in that stadium. This is my second time in that stadium, and every time I go into that stadium, it seems like it's bigger and bigger, getting bigger and bigger. Uh, <laughs> man, it's it's phenomenal uh, stadium, man, and uh, it's going to be rocking on Sunday. Now, uh, of course, you know, we're talking about a, a Super Bowl here with two great teams, uh, uh, you know, in the National Football League. And I, I mean great because of the longevity of the teams, the history of the teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that the Green Bay Packers, I mean, the trophy carries Mr. Lombardi's name. Uh, do you think that they feel a sense of urgency here in terms of, you know, the recognition that perhaps maybe the team needs to try to get back of being if you will, be a, a dynasty from the earlier generations because the Steelers, uh, this could be a, a, another you know, chip in, uh, another niche into their dynasty. Is Green Bay trying to get back to perhaps maybe where people would look at them as being a dynasty? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's the, the feel I'm getting from Aaron Rodgers. If I had to find anything, uh, you know, kind of say negative about him, I think he has a sense of urgency to kind of make his mark in the NFL. Uh, you know, everybody knows about the history of the Green Bay Packers as well as Pittsburgh Steelers. But I think Aaron Rodgers just want to be, you know, he want to get that that Brett Favre monkey off his back. You know, going to the preseason, I mean, postseason, he didn't have a postseason win. He got that against the Eagles. Uh, you know, then he repeated that success the next following couple of weeks after that. So I think this going into Sunday, he really, really I got a sense of urgency from him uh, last couple of days following the, the team at the hotel now during the media day. I think he's real antsy. He's ready to get out there on the field and prove that he's in the top five quarterback. Now, I'm, I'm going to ask Carl a question because, Carl, I, that, that might have been at the end of uh, your years there with the Arizona Cardinals. But I, if I'm not mistaken, I think, were you there when Matt Liner and Kurt Warner was on that uh, same team there in, here with the Cardinals? Yes, yes. Now, now let me ask you something. Did, did, you know, Aaron Rodgers was, was in a similar position, uh, a Hall of Famer, of course, in Brett Favre. And, and, and here, uh, you know, there was uh, Matt Liner who, mm-hmm. who had a Hall of Famer on the staff with him. Who feels the most pressure? Does the younger guy feel more pressure or does the older guy feel more pressure to perform and, and, and to, to make his mark and his legacy? Is there a struggle between those two in your experience? Well, no, I think uh, one, if you got the older guy there, he's there. He's going to do his thing. 
you know, Brett Favre and Kurt Warner did his thing, and and uh, he feels that inner pressure themselves that they put on themselves to be the best they can be out there on the field. And then the young guys, basically what they've got to do is just ride that horse mm-hmm. and don't fall off, and that's what Aaron Rodgers has done. Mm-hmm. You know, he did went through the uh, being a first-round pick and then uh, sitting and watching and learning, and now it's paid off for him. Now, when, but when you're in a position like that and you, and you take over for a Hall of Fame quarterback, quarterback the staff i mean you obviously you're not reminding him man this is a hall of fame we used to a hall of fame quarterback performance mm-hmm. we, we're looking for that where does that pressure come from when a quarterback i mean he has to feel it but does it come from I mean, is there anything you guys are doing in meetings or saying or you're trying to say listen don't worry about that we don't expect you to be brett Favre, you know because this is what aaron Rodgers is still living in that shadow and i think he thinks he's got to win when he comes to the super bowl because of course brett did win a super bowl for the green bay packers so but the pressure i'm trying to find out where's that pressure come from i think it comes from uh personally i think it's outside the organization Okay. I think it's more fan base, you know, that whole mystique of of being uh, 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 the Green Bay Packers or being uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, or you know, they didn't obviously didn't have that mystique at, at uh, with the Cardinals, right. but still, you still have a guy, Kurt Warner, who's out there who understands the game, who's a uh, you know potential Hall of Famer, and then uh, so for a guy like Matt Leiner to say, hey, I I, I, can't, I can't worry about what they're saying on the outside, how we develop. In this guy inside, mm. you know, on in the locker room. What's the locker room presence? What's the presence in the meeting rooms? Right. What's what are the coaches? You know, every coach is going to put their players in the best situation for them to have success. So, with a quarterback, you want to work within what he has. Right. You know what? It, what is? What are his abilities? I got. You. Hey, Levi, you're down there, and I, and I got to say this. You know, some people may think that's the house that Jerry built, but I'm going to tell you that's the house that Roger and Troy. Help build. You got two quarterbacks who are going. The spotlight's on these two guys. When you look at these two, obviously Big Ben already has a couple Super Bowl rings, you know. And you got Aaron, who's trying to get one. Um, who's feeling the pressure the most of those two down there? You know, today at least, do you feel? Oh, again, I think it's Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, with his uh, recent uh, success here and, and not having a, a proven track record, Ben Roethlisberger got two rings. Uh, you know, uh, he talked about him being more relaxed and, and embracing this whole uh, Super Bowl week prior to the other two Super Bowls. So, you know, I really feel like Aaron Rodgers is, is, is with the, you know, he's feeling the weight on his shoulders. You know, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. He really, he mentioned about not having any me time. You know, it's always, I got to go do this, got to do that. And he hope, hopefully he thinks that, you know, later in the week he'll find some time to get to himself and kind of, absorb what's, what's been taken on this week and hopefully that he can get his mind right for the game. Okay, Levi, listen, I got some music in my ear. We're going to have to take a break. I know that, you know, my man Aaron Rodgers is living a dream, but I think Big Ben is living part of a nightmare based upon the way his season started off. So we're going to come back and talk about that on the other side of break. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Levi's going to come back with us. He's down there at the Super Bowl and of course... Coach Carl Hardgrave is here in the studio with me. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Get ready for a show that's going to take it to the next level of sports talk. Get ready for Sean Salisbury, unfiltered. He's got 12 years of broadcast experience as an analyst for ESPN SportsCenter and NFL Live. And he has 10 years experience as a player with the Seahawks, Colts, Vikings, and Chargers, as well as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the CFL. You'll hear the truth and not the sidelines. Sean Salisbury, unfiltered. Is not for the faint of heart. Tune in every weekday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. CoastToCoastMixtapes.com. Okay, we got the music, we got the show, we're listening to Railroad Sports on the Voice of American Network. I'm in Phoenix Living Like It Matters. Got the coach with me in the studio, Coach Carl Hargrave, and of course I got uh, Lemont Williams with me from outside the huddle. Uh, Lemont, uh, of course, does his show live here on the Voice of America Network. Uh, Lemont's show is on Wednesday. What time is that, Lemont? It's Wednesday, seven, it's 5 o'clock p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time, but it's 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And I, and I know, of course, you're holding all the good stuff for your show, but I'm, I'm going to ask you a question now on my show so you can help me out a little bit. But uh, you, there's, there's, you know, some underlying current going on here. You know, there's 48 percent of the country that is rooting for, I'm sorry, 48 states that have taken a survey uh, out, of, out of the 50 states, and 48 of them are in favor uh, of the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl. Now, we know a lot of that is something that's underlying there with, with some issues, of course, that happened with Big Ben uh, as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, in the offseason. Um, any of those kind of questions being thrown his way? Or, please tell me the media's not giving him a pass because I think that still needs to be uh, a part of you know the conversation because, of course, it's like that for everybody else. So have you heard any of those questions? And Is there a protest going on? or, or what's, I know it's pretty cold down there, but what's happening? No, no protest. I don't see anybody protesting. I really uh, didn't see anybody asking him Ben any tough questions uh, as far as relating to his uh, four-game suspension. And you got to understand, Ray, you know, the reality of this thing is that not too many people down here look like us. So with that being said, you know, a lot of the questions not going to be catered, not be uh, intense or it's, no, it's not going to be uh, 
to the point where he's going to raise his eyebrows. So uh, it depends on what's your agenda and what you're, you know, what I'm here for. You can get, you can ask those questions, but most likely he's not going to answer. Then if you really get, you know, too row or you're trying to get to the to the to the to the heart of the question, then the PR people step in from uh, each team. So uh, you know, it, it's one, it was one of those, you know, happy-go-lucky type of media days. You know, it wasn't a lot of people asking tough questions. It was more a lot of silliness going on. A lot of you know, you, you know how it goes with media outlets. Some some of them just hear the. Some people are here for the game. Some people are here for the, the entertainment. There's a lot of entertainment questions. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that, that you talk about the feeling there and and kind of a relaxed atmosphere because, uh, you know, I, I remember the year before I joined the Philadelphia Eagles, they actually had gone on to the Super Bowl and, and they played the Raiders and, and they lost. And, and part of the reason why at least it was reported in the media and, and Coach Vermeil even acknowledges the fact is that, that he didn't have his team relaxed and that he was a little bit too aggressive and in terms of the intensity of his practices and the requirements of of the time of the players and things of that nature, coach, you you like me have gotten to the championship games and haven't haven't made it to that to that next level. Uh, but as you look back and even as you look upon this game that's about to come, um, from your perspective, coaches, in terms of uh, the level of intensity of uh, the environment they create. Uh, should it be a relaxed atmosphere, or or, sh- or do you, you man? You want to stay? We want to stay focused. We want to stay tight. We want we want to be in the, you know in the game uh, you know mode every place we go. What do you think I the think approach would be? To I that? think it's a build up to the crescendo. I think it's uh, <clears throat> you know early on with the, as you're going through the media day or you're just arriving and then you go to the media and that type of setting. I think it's got to be a little bit relaxed uh, for the players just so that because they're still you know a lot of families will still be down. Down there, and so they got to kind of get the family settled in the whole bit. So, and then I, I believe as uh, you know, as uh, uh, Wednesday comes in, you start going in tomorrow. Everything starts to get their focus on, and so you don't want to be too focused, too tight, too early. Yeah, and uh, and and so Lima, I, I think perhaps maybe what, what you're witnessing is as what Coach is saying. I think that the history has proven to some coaches that it's a little bit more important to keep things a little lighthearted early on. And, and not to create uh, a situation where, you know, again, everybody is, is so tense, so tight, so caught up in the game emotionally that, that they never get a chance to really enjoy it. Because at least from what I've heard, and as a matter of fact, I just heard this last night, um, uh, again, here on Voice America Sports, Derek Kennard, um, who was blessed to win a Super Bowl and, and to have, carry his son around on the field on his shoulders. Man, that's just an experience I just can't imagine what that would be like but again it was lighthearted. he was on that third super bowl team of that to complete that 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 dynasty for the dallas cowboys and and he talked about that so uh so i guess that's the best way that's the way of which coaches are are going to move uh you know seeing the success that those who took that approach had uh over the years so uh so lima let me ask you something in terms of media now what what's what's on the agenda in terms of the access that they're going to allow you guys to have for the rest of the week well, we have access to pretty much everything. You just kind of, you know, you got RSVP or you, know, you just show up <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. That's one thing about the NFL, they take care of the media. Uh, we mentioned the bad weather and the snow. Um, you know, we outside of getting off the bus and going into the stadium, that's the only type of bad weather we dealt with so far in Dallas. But uh, I'm actually back here at the Meta, uh, Media Center now, and, uh, and the NFL kicks off a big media party every Tuesday night and tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, like no other night, 
they're going to have it at the House of Blues, and uh, they're going to take care of everybody and, and just give you all the access you need. It's, it's so, what's the, so what's the, the practice schedule for the players? Uh, you, you got that? Practice schedule, no, they have not released their practice stars tomorrow. I have not. I'm going to get that when I walk into the, to the media center uh, shortly, but they will uh, give us updates because a lot of things have changed now with this weather. So a lot of the functions and I know the play six, NFL play 60 has been rescheduled, which was I was going to attend with Mr. Goodell. But uh, I know your show comes on every Tuesday night, but uh, the big the big night will be Thursday with uh, with D uh, D Smith making this announcement, his NFL PA State of the Union, I call it announcement. Right. Then you have, then you have followed up with Mr. Goodell mm-hmm. on Friday, so. Well, you mentioned, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I wanted to ask a question about that. There's a game outside the game that's being played, and that game is a cat-and-mouse game between Roger Goodell and Demore Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, that atmosphere down there is one of which, again, that's another story. There's a couple stories being played in this game that, that, that will play out perhaps in the media. Has the media had a chance yet to speak to, to Roger or Demore and to address the, the collective bargaining agreement? Some of the guys I talked to, some guys saying that, you know, it's all about, uh, yeah, they expect D to, uh, a lot of people call him D Smith, Demore Smith. They expect him to be a little bit more aggressive uh, going into because they feel like you know the, the ball is in this court. Uh, if, if the if the CBA expires on March the third, then it's, it's the players' fault. Uh, uh, Goodell is you know he came out with the statement saying that that he you know he'll work for a dollar next year. It's a work stoppage, you know. So he's saying that hey, we're we're doing whatever we can to get this keep this thing this train moving, but uh, you know, it's up to the players. So, and that's why we want to see what takes place on Thursday. In my opinion, I want to see how the uh, uh, Smith attacks, attacks. Uh, you know, uh, address the union as well as the players, and, and give you know us as media some confidence that it'll be a 2011 season. Okay, coach, I'm gonna turn to you because you know, you know, being a coach in the National Football League, you got a collective bargaining coming up. You're not sure if there's gonna be work. You, you got your scouts out on the road. You're looking at these players at college. Uh, you know, trying to get ready for the draft. Uh, what's the mindset of the coaches as you approach a year where the collective bargaining is uh, agreement is in limbo? Do you just go about business as usual? How do you go about in the offseason? Well, I think so. You know, they definitely have to go about business as usual because you don't know, in fact, that it won't be a season, but you hope that it is a season. So, you know, everything that you've been doing as far as, uh, I say recruiting, but as far as going out and evaluating players, you know, they just had the Senior Bowl this past weekend, and, and the scouts are out on the road evaluating the players now. And, they, you know, they had the East-West – you had all the different bowl games, and and so uh, the scouts are there. They're still they're still going to rate the players. Everyone has to be prepared to to step into the next phase and whatever that phase is. Now, okay, so uh, you know I, I'm gonna assume, coach, that that you were around during the last strike, of which uh, th- of course there there was a replacement. So I, I don't mm-hmm. want to call them scabs, but I'm gonna call them scabs. Do you ever see the day that, that would ever happen again? I could see that happening. Wow. I was coaching college, but I could see that happening. And, wow. and the bad thing about it is, but that game, is, coach, that game would be not. We just talked about a pro goal, pro bowl game that was a farce. How can you put? And you see well, with those games, where you think they would really try that again? There are players out there. You know, there's there's sixteen hundred players, eighteen hundred players in the National Football League. There are more than eighteen hundred players can play National Football League football. <laughs> okay. They just haven't got the opportunity to play. Okay. Uh, that UFL, you know, that new but you league always, that's But out you there. always have the best of the best. Of those that are out there, the ones that are on the team are considered 
by you and by those scouts as being the best of the best. Sure. They're, so they're that right. any product of that different than that would be a subpar product. It be it might be a subpar product, but if the coaching is the same, we're going to say that the coaches uh-oh, help. Uh-oh. <laughs> Well, we didn't show ourselves to get on that one, Coach. We're all about developing players yes. as, a, as a coach, You're a developing right. player. So right. there's, uh, you know, there's some guys that can run out there that but, aren't playing. But, you know, the interesting part about that, and, and, and Lemont, you know, you, you probably can chime in on this too. You know, there, there's always argument. The argument about uh, th- does coaching make players better or does players make coaches better, make co- co- better coaches? You know what I mean? Right. So it's like, okay, I'm a good player, but if I had a good coach, I'd be a great player and then there's a good coach but if he had a, a good player he'd be a great coach and i i, I believe they compliment you can't oh, have one without you can't have one yeah. without the other and so lemon you're down there now and of course you're with you know as far as as far as the national football league is concerned you're with the the greatest two teams of this season uh as you go into this game with an open mind based upon what you've been seeing throughout the year particularly since the fact that you've been down there in the AFC uh, watching the Houston Texans um you probably got a good look at some of the at the AFC teams but does that mean that in your opinion and, you, and you, as a journalist you're supposed to be neutral <laughs> you're supposed to be neutral but what what do you think will happen in this game as it comes up Lima yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was saying, you know, you being, uh, you know, covering the, uh, the, the AFC, uh, the majority of your time down there with the Houston Texans and having a real good look, uh, you know, at the AFC teams and, and, and the coaching as well. Uh, from your perspective going into this game, uh, you're supposed to be neutral, so I'm not asking you to pick, uh, you know, a team or, you know, because of the fact that you cover the NFC, the AFC, but who do you think will come out on top of this game? Well, you got to look at it, you know. You look at the defense. Both defenses is, is outstanding. So that's a watch. You look at the at the offense. Offense productive on Green Bay side, and, and Pittsburgh offense productive from running the ball. They lead NFL in rushing. I think they rush for over 120 yards. So offense and defensively is covered. It's going to come down to special teams. It's going to come down to the quarterback. And I think uh, Ben Roethlisberger um, experience being there. Uh, you remember a couple years ago the team that. You know, in the state that you're in, Arizona, they played against the Cardinals. He was able to lead the team down the field in the last second. So I think Aaron Rodgers will have a productive game. But overall, I think the, the, the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers will take it. I think they're really going to take it. I think Mike Tomlin is going to have his guys ready from the beginning. And I think uh, uh, it's going it's to be a, a game. It's going to go down to the wire, and I think Pittsburgh Hey, Lee, man, I got some music in my ear. Uh, I want to come back because I, I got a coach in here, and of course, you know, I, I got to get you know, coach's perspective what he thinks going to happen. If you can hang with us, Lee, man, I appreciate it. If you can't, we certainly understand. You're listening to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. We're going to take a break, and I'll be right back. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
every Monday. Tune in after the weekend games for Locker Room Views with Arturo Freeman. It's a sports show that'll keep you talking. We'll go inside the minds and lives of world-class athletes and hear about their views, opinions, and life experiences about the world of sports. Your host, former NFL great Arturo Freeman, will present an action-packed hour every single week. Arturo Freeman, Locker Room Views is live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel, tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keeping It Real Radio, Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We got that music. We got that show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice American Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Got the coach in the studio with me today, Coach Carl Hardgrave. Uh, appreciate you being here, Coach. Coach, just before we left, of course, we were, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you, know, you know, who's going to win the game and, and, and what some of the factors could possibly be. And appreciate that commentary from uh, Lee Mont Williams from outside the huddle. But, you know, before that, you and I started to talk a little bit about coaches and players. And, and we have a situation here where, you know, and I'd like to find out, I, I researched this. Have we ever had two coaches before who shared the same first name? We got a Mike and Mike going Mike on here. <laughs> and, 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 and I'd be curious to know from your perspective, uh, you know, the Mike's going into this game. Uh, you know, which Mike do you see actually going in here more prepared and, and having an advantage, if you will? If there is such a thing from a coach's perspective of having an advantage, which one of them you think might have it going into well, this game? Well, I think you'd have to say Mike Tomlin. Uh, and the reason I say that, you know, Mike, both Mikes are very sharp. Uh, Mike Tomlin, though, he's got a Super Bowl. He's been there. He understands what preparing his team going through from Sunday to, to Sunday. All right, pre- preparation, how to prepare his team, the mindset of his team, uh, and then understanding how to deal with all the, the media and, you know, where to, when to place your players here, get them away from the, the, the media and that. And so he understands that. I think he's got a very, uh, very excellent, he's got an excellent staff. Uh, I definitely want to say kudos to Kirby Wilson, who's a running back coach out there. Okay. Kirby and I work together here at the Cardinals, and uh, Kirby's done a tremendous job with those running backs. You know, he's got some good ones now. Yeah, and you're right about that, Coach. And, and I'm, as I look at Mike Tomlin going into that game, you know, I really don't see any pressure on Mike Tomlin. I really don't. Uh, you know, they already have more Super Bowl wins than, than any team in history, and he, he had one of those Super Bowl trophies. So, so I think it's okay. But, I, you know, I heard Chuck Foreman on his show earlier today as I was listening to it. One thing that Chuck didn't like is Chuck thought that when they got to the Super Bowl that all of a sudden their game plan and approach was different than it had been previously. previously you know, and it's like, man, the things that we were doing that got us to the game, we're creating a, 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 perhaps maybe, and I'm not sure it was totally, mm-hmm. but a different game plan, a different what they – let me ask you, going into the Super Bowl, is it a special game plan you got to have or you game plan like you do any game? Well, you game plan like you do any game, but also every game's different. 
every every team that you play, whether you played them played them once before. I don't believe these two teams have played this year. No, I don't. Think and they so have. they're just looking at film on each other. So uh, you know they're going to have special game plans for each other, not so much for the Super Bowl per se. But how am I going to beat this? How am I going to beat that defense? Mm. How's that defense going to stop that offense? And how are we going to fight it out on special teams? So uh, as a coach, they're looking for ways to win per down, per series, per quarter, per game. <laughs> now that's a, now again, that's a coach breaking it down. You got to understand you you got this other things going on. You got to win. You, you got to win the special teams matchup. Right. You got to win the short yardage matchup for this. And, and, and you know, speaking of short yardage coach, whatever happened to Short yardage personnel. There is no short yard. You know, it used to be third and two. You know, it's it's mono on mono. Right. Third right. and two is passing now, coach. You got to help me understand that. Why did third and two become a passing down instead of a mono on mono? Well, down? I think the whole idea, and both of these teams are uh, are are blessed to have two fullback types. Okay. And see what has happened over the years that the fullback, the hard nose, three yards in a cloud of dust, blow them up. Kind Woody of guy, Hayes. the Woody Hayes guy. Uh, that guy has kind of drifted a little bit. The game has get gone. It, it has gone from uh, this tight formation, and it's gone in spread the width. Out. It's yeah. spread out a little bit. So that's what uh, both of these teams will. You will see them third and two, third and one. They'll run the ball. They'll run the ball. Both and of these teams. Because I mean, you've been around the offensive side of the ball. You, I mean, you got a running back. I mean, a running back when it's third and two, you can't tell me that your running backs ain't looking at you kind of crazy, coach. <laughs> when you're passing all the time, and I'm a running back, you telling me I can't get two yards, and then you're saying to the offensive lineman, you can't hold your blocks yeah. to open up a hole for two yards. Well, now, that's that, right. Come on, coach. I, 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 I'm just thinking. I mean, the linemen have gotten bigger. On both sides of the ball. And I just know, again, in my generation, again, an offensive tackle who was 280, he was a big boy. Right. You know, now the guards are 280, 300. Yeah, 280 uh, tackle, he's not even getting in the no, conversation. You, <laughs> see, you see what I'm saying? And so it's like you can't run the ball anymore. But but but, I, but that's something. But the, the game has changed, and, and you're right, it's wide open. And, and again, that, that, that short yardage situation does not exist. It's, it's going to be a passing down. And then sometimes, obviously, they're not always successful. You know, in that. But let me ask you something. As you as you look at these two teams, mm-hmm. and 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 you know that the, the fellas, you know that uh, as I said earlier, you know Aaron Rodgers, you know it's, it's been a, a dream for him. Uh, you know Ben Roethlisberger start off, it was it was a nightmare uh, at the beginning of the season, and now it's a dream come true for him because I'm sure he hoped that the, everything could be gone away yeah. and things would be great, yeah. and he end up being in the Super Bowl, right. and and Ben has a chance to do that. I've heard some people say. That Ben Roethlisberger is not a good quarterback, and 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 they say that because again, you, you look at you know some of the mistakes that he makes. Uh, you, you look at you know in terms of the prototype quarterback. Mm-hmm. Some people would say that quarterback is Aaron Rodgers and not Ben Roethlisberger, but Ben has the rings. Well, uh, Ben uh, Ben Roethlisberger can play quarterback. Now, obviously, he can, and he's a big. He's just not your prototype movement guy. You know, Ben uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers is a movement guy. He's tall, big, fast, can run, can throw. Uh, but everyone plays – those quarterbacks, both of them, play within their framework. What can they do? And they do it, and they do it well. I think uh, the big kudos to uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and, and Coach Tomlin is that they were able to take that pressure off of Ben, even though he had that pressure on his back, and he still got it. You know, from the things that happened early on in the season. Yes. But they had enough guys around him to 
what to carry the team till he got back on his feet on on a steady on a steady. And, that, and I believe that that was their approach at the beginning of the year. They just say, hey, just guys, just hold this yeah. thing together. You know, that don't go zero and four. Right. You know, go two and two maybe. You know, I think they went. I think they went four and zero or maybe three and one for sure. Uh, and then he came back. Yeah. And and because there was even some concerned about man, the, the ship is already going okay. Yeah, the ship's do we, going. we don't want to change anything, do we? <laughs> but when you got somebody like Big Ben, I, I think you have to do that. Listen, okay, coach, as you look at it, and you want to break it down for us, break it down for us, and then I'm going to ask you to give us a pick at the end. Okay. Well, Green Bay uh, again, they started out, they were up and down early in the season, and uh, they turned around as a sixth-rated team in the league, and and now they're in the Super Bowl. And they've done a tremendous job. They've been playing very good football in every phase the last four or five weeks. And they're tremendous. Obviously, you know, the NFL, uh, the NFC North is a tough division. Minnesota, Chicago, uh, Detroit, who has been playing good ball, and Green Bay. Those four teams, they battle it out all the time. And I think Mike McCarthy's done a great job. The offensive coordinator over there has done a good job. And as well as uh, Dom Capers on defense, who has really put that defense together and allowed these guys to play full tilt. Okay, and then so I'm excited about them also. And now, and then you look at Pittsburgh, who's as we've talked, has done a tremendous job all year. Uh, they've kept the team together, they fought together, and then they've stayed in it together. It would have been very easy for them to fall apart with Big Ben doing the things that you know, dealing with the, the things that he you know had to deal with early on. That would have been a given. Hey, let's just fall apart. We'll ride the horse. Uh, the horse gonna go slow, mm-hmm. and then uh, we'll we'll saddle up again next year. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do that. And they hung in there and they fought and they played good ball at the end. Now here's what it's gonna come down to. Both, as Lamont uh, said, the defenses are washed. They're both going to play tough defense. I still give the pass rush edge to Green Bay right now. Those Clay Matthews and those guys can get up the field. Okay. And then, uh, uh, but I give the run stopping defense to Pittsburgh. Okay. Now, that's a wash. Offenses, they're both playing good ball. They've got they've got uh, down the, 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 as we talked earlier. They got the big hitters on the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, Donald Driver don't have the legs that he used to have. He's still a playmaker. Mm-hmm. You got to account for Donald Driver as you've got to account for um, the receiver core at uh, at Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, as well oh, as yeah. the oh, as, Heinz as, Wars and his yeah, crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah, and yeah. then uh, so it's going to come down to that offense, defense, special teams. Now here's the key to the game. Who capitalizes? Which team capitalizes on the other team's mistakes? They're going to be mistakes, but if you don't capitalize on, it's a wash. Turnovers. Who's going to capitalize on that turnover? Not having a turnover, but which team can go down and score off of that turnover? That's the team's going to win the game. Okay, now, coach, you did, see, you did. He, he took a coaching perspective to that, and I appreciate that. But he also did another coaching move to him. He didn't pick a winner. He didn't pick a winner. He got to pick a winner. He didn't pick a winner. But I tell you what, I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm, I agree with everything coach said. I think it's gonna be a good football game. I think it's gonna be one of the better Super Bowls than we've ever had. There's no doubt about it. You know, you got. I like the fact that you you, you talked about you know Clay Matthews. You know, I played with Clay's dad with the Browns. You know, excellent job, young man. Plays football, balls out every play. Does a tremendous job. 
you know, on the other side of the ball, you know, he's going to be going up against Ben Roethlisberger. I think Ben is going to be conscious of the fact wherever Clay's at at all times. But I think Ben in practice sometimes, he gets some of that from his own team. Mm-hmm. So I think he's had a chance to kind of adjust to some of that. And then Aaron Rodgers, every now and then, he goes up against practice against Clay Matthews too. So I, like you said, I think it's kind of a wash with somebody off. I think special teams is going to be, you know, where it's going to come from. Sure. And very few times... I hope a kicker doesn't miss a kick, but but if is he's gonna make it or he's gonna miss it. Yeah. But I think it's gonna come down to special teams. And listen, I'm an AFC I'm an NFC and AFC guy, but listen, I finished in the AFC, so I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna go on the line. I'm gonna go with the Steelers. You know, they can c- continue to build that dynasty. Aaron Rodgers will get his day another day. Nothing. <laughs> but not this <laughs> not this Sunday. Listen, I appreciate the coach being with me, Coach hey. Carl Hardgrave. You know, and of course, Lemon Williams from outside the huddle, who is on Radio Row representing, of course, Voice America Sports. And you'll hear his show a little bit later tomorrow on Voice America Sports. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. And I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.